Hello and welcome to another episode of the Living Inspired Podcast. I'm your host, Carla Herschel, and today I wanted to reintroduce myself and share a little bit more about my journey. Um, I just had one of my beautiful friends listen to an episode of my podcast and she was like, you need to be clearer about who you are and what you stand for because it's like, I'm sharing so much of this knowledge and apparently not giving you enough insight into myself. So that's what I wanted to do today, especially because things have grown, things have shifted since I started this podcast and I want you to be really up to date with where I'm at. Um, For me, I feel like things are always moving super rapidly. I love growing, I love expanding. And so it gets to be messy, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. I can just show up and communicate who I am in this moment and you guys can follow me for the ride, follow along, follow along on the ride. Um, so how should I start this? First of all, where things are at right now, I have really been stepping up into the space of leadership, moving other people from being a creator or a visionary or having an idea and then claiming that space and showing up as a leader. I'm a big believer in that we get to create our own reality. And People fucking do not understand just how available this is to us. So even me in this moment, I might not be, as an example, a millionaire right now. I don't have 10,000 followers right now in this present moment, but I know that I will. And I can help people that are a few steps behind me and show them how to tune into that knowing that it's already done and to start showing up in a way that gives them access to their full power. We have access to our full power right now. And too often we hold ourselves back because we haven't achieved the thing yet. But you can't achieve the thing unless you put the effort in and you need to put the effort in and believe in yourself to get there. And I just feel like I have a really solid understanding of how it works. And for me as well, um, it's never really been an option. Like ever since I was a kid, I always believed that there was more to life and that we could achieve more. I was, I always pushed myself really hard. I was your classic type A, high achiever, um, very controlling in a sense, but also very driven. And those qualities have both caused me a lot of success and a lot of hardship where I've been too controlling, um, you know, really gotten stuck in certain patterns. But at the same time, I wouldn't be here at this level of success if I hadn't had that perspective and been willing to push myself and and had that work ethic. So where do I begin? (laughs) So I'll, I'll, I'll go back to like kind of when I was a kid, like I said, I always thought that there was more to life. Um, I used to play the flute. I used to be a singer and I would always practice. And I just had this thought like, why on earth would I do something and not do it to the best of my ability? Like even in primary school. And I was like, if I'm going to play the flute, then I'm going to practice three times a week. If I'm going to learn singing, I'm going to practice three times a week. And I would do exams. And I did, you know, my VCA music, uh, not VCA, my VCE, which is like the graduating level of high school with music and classical music. And I sung opera and all the things. And in sports, like I was really competitive. And I actually remember being a teenager and being really frustrated that I was this skinny, weak girl. Like I 
like I said, I was very competitive, very driven. I loved playing sports as well, but I was, you know, skinny. And um, obviously there are some benefits to that, but then suddenly the boys went through puberty and they were so strong. And I was like, this shit isn't fair. Like why the fuck are they strong? And their bodies are just suddenly all muscly. And I am not, I'm my, I am also hypermobile. So I'm very flexible and at risk of injury, like more at risk of injury. And it is a bit more challenging for my body to build strength. My body is just kind of different to most people's in that sense. So there was a lot of frustration there. And that really drove me. Like, I just wanted to prove myself in so many areas, like that I could be intelligent, that I could be strong and athletic. And I wanted people to take me seriously. That was a big thing. And I often felt that people um, could not see my vision, right? Like, cause I was always so driven and I understand like what happened in my childhood now that drove me to be like this. But obviously when I was a kid, I didn't know that. I just thought I was super, super driven. Um, yeah. And people, a lot of people wouldn't understand my vision. So like I, when I was in high school, um, I wanted, I found out about like a school trip that was going to Nepal. And I think I had been overseas like once at that point. I think my family, we went to South Africa when I was in primary school. And I'm pretty sure that was the only time I'd been overseas. And then there was this opportunity to go to Nepal with school. And I remember telling my parents about it and they were just like, I don't think so. We can't afford it. And I remember sitting at the dinner table, like, I will fucking get the money together. Like, how dare you doubt me that I could pay for this myself, even though at that time, I think I just was maybe working at a bowling alley, like running kids' birthday parties. Um, and so I did, I figured out how to do very common in Australia, like for kids to sell Cadbury boxes of chocolate with like little chocolates in it um, as fundraisers. And I would walk around school and sell the chocolates every lunchtime to pay for my trip to Nepal. And I think I raised like $8,000 and my parents obviously fortunately did chip in a little bit, but most of that money was raised myself. Um, so I've always been a little bit entrepreneurial. I do remember as well, <laughs> this is funny, <laughs> in primary school I, yeah this is another memory that I can share I remember being frustrated about my age and that people didn't take my ideas seriously because I was a child and I remember thinking of all these ways that I could make money like I, I, I remember I maybe read like an article on the internet or something that some kid started selling scooters at his school and it started to like take off and become a legitimate business and I remember being like, oh, I could do something like that, except no one would trust me to do that because I'm like 12, like at the time of this. So I, I was trying to think of ways that I could make money. And I made like a little club and I made um, like a word document with like join colors club. Like we hang out in the backyard. It's $12 to join. And when you join, you get like a ruler, literally. And I handed them out at school. And I, I believe a mother called my mom was very angry about it so I kind of got into trouble for that um but yeah so I always had this sort of entrepreneurial spirit I went on that trip in high school um and then 
I love to sing. I love the performing arts. And again, I was very focused on like doing what I wanted to do. Um, you know, people would tell me all the time because I wanted to be an actor. Like I really love musical theater and people would tell me all the time, oh, it's so competitive. The industry is oversaturated. And they'd be like, for how many years are you going to try? And at what point will you decide that it's not working and you'll go to like your plan B? And that just made me so annoyed. Like, who are you to say how long I should pursue my dream for? And like, why won't you just support me? And at that time when I was so passionate about it and I loved singing so much, I was like, I will make it work. You know, you don't, why are we giving so much energy to the what ifs? What if you never make it? What if you fail? What if you're never good enough? Um, so I pursued musical theater for a few years and I got my diploma in theater from the Ministry of Dance, which was um, a great school in some regards. And in other ways, it really brought out my insecurities. I also became extremely judgmental in this time. I wore a full face of makeup every day, which was not like me. Like I normally don't wear makeup at all, but I felt that I had to do it to take my career seriously. Like I fake tanned every weekend. Yeah. And in all honesty and total ownership as well, I was also very judgmental of people in this space. And um, it ultimately was like sort of destructive because singing and performing is all about like feeling the emotions and allowing people to really witness you when you're in the moment, you know, singing the song, like playing the scene, being and feeling that character. And for me, being wanting to achieve greatness so much and trying to follow the rules and do the right thing and being worried about the judgment of others and also being very judgmental I just became very stiff in that time and very closed off and I also was partying a lot at that time and I used to think that my partying so drinking and I was doing drugs as well recreationally I used to think that it was just for fun and occasional and I still really cared about my health and prioritized my health and my career but now and I know a bit better, I do see that I was actually trying to escape my reality and that I was actually very anxious at the time. Um, but I was sort of, you know, just too young to like put the pieces together and I was doing my best. Absolutely. And I did a lot of things in that time that were really out of alignment for me, but I had to learn the lessons. I had to learn what I was and was not comfortable with. And I had some really fucking great times as well. So like, I wouldn't change it for anything. I went to so many festivals. I danced my heart out. It was amazing. I learned so much about the world and in total honesty, like going out partying was a really great way to meet people that I wouldn't normally be associated with. And I had a lot of conversations that really opened my eyes and honestly helped me to mature. So as much as there was hard times there, there was also amazing times. And when I finished my diploma in musical theater, towards the end of that, um, my years of study there, I was working as a singing and dance teacher and I enjoyed it, but I didn't love teaching. 
And I thought, you know, I do want to make it as a performer. That would be amazing. However, I don't want my bread and butter to be teaching, which was pretty standard for most performers. And I was like, what else would light me up? What else would bring me joy? And also be a more abundant and reliable career path. Because I feel that, well, at least, obviously you can be abundant doing whatever you want. But for me, being a singing teacher felt unstable and I didn't really want that to be my reliable source of income. So I had always loved sports. Like I said, I've always been quite competitive. I love the human body. After years of studying dancing, I was very comfortable with the human body, knowing what correct alignment was, um, all the things. So I decided to become a personal trainer and it was quite easy. The study was pretty easy. There was a lot to do, but it wasn't crazy complex. And because I already knew so much from my years of full-time dance, I was able to, yeah, pick up um, this knowledge around personal training pretty quickly. And because I'm a very competitive driven person, as soon as I finished my personal training qualifications, I then went out and got a mentor because I realized, you know, I've learned all this stuff about personal training on paper, but I actually don't know how to help someone to lose weight or to build muscle. Like they teach you, they teach that to you in the, in the course, but just because you can write a program for someone that is focused on fat loss, doesn't mean that you actually know how to do it in real life. And because my training before that was dancing, I was like, I'm already skinny, number one. I'm already slim. I actually don't know from personal experience how to lose weight. And I need to know if I want to help people. I also have done, yeah, so many years of dancing that I actually don't know, again, from personal experience, how to build strength, how to build muscle. And I need to know that if I want to help people. So I got my first personal trainer. And this is where I feel... Like I had had mentors and teachers and for singing and, and music teachers and things like that, that, but having my first personal trainer was really my first taste of like mentorship, like one-on-one life improvement. And my first coach, his name is Luke Riley. He helped me to understand like, you know, you don't need to exercise 24 seven to build strength. And that it's actually redundant. Like you actually get stronger when you allow the body to rest. And when you listen to the body and like a good work, like you could do three strength training sessions a week and get incredibly fit, strong and healthy. And after two years of dancing, like 25 hours a week, 30 hours a week, this was news to me, like learning how to rest. I was like, what? that's crazy. Um, and that really started to open my eyes to more of a balanced lifestyle. And it also made me realize that things like the, the dancing industry probably was not really for me, like having hypermobility. I started dancing when I was 15, which is pretty late for a dancer. And um, it just was really hard for me and didn't bring me the most joy, I would say. Whereas I really enjoyed strength training. So I got a mentor and he started to teach me as well how to work with clients and give them the structure that they need and not just do what they want. Like there were so many personal trainers who would just give clients the fucking bare minimum, 
like, oh yeah, you want to build strength? Okay, come in and we'll lift some weights together. And I was like, "Mm -mm. I don't want to just be a lazy fucking trainer. Like I want to learn how to write structured programs to get specific results. And I want to be the expert. Like people come to me because I know what I'm talking about. Um, Because we would get a lot of people that were like, like, you know, or the whole personal training field, they're like, oh, I want to say lose weight, but I only want to do high intensity interval training and absolutely nothing else. I'd be like, well, as the expert, this is what I would recommend and finding the in-between. Whereas I knew many other coaches that would just say, okay, we'll just do high intensity interval training the whole way through. We won't pay any attention to your nutrition. Who cares if it fucks up your knees? Like that seemed negligent to me. And I wanted to yeah, be the expert. Like people came to me for a reason. So I worked for a small PT studio for about a year and they gave me clients. And in that time, my clients were doing really well. And I was like, you know what? I could earn more money if I just did this for myself. And then I could make the hours suit me more, um, set higher prices. And I also felt a calling to learn more about how to actually run a business myself instead of just being given clients. Like I wanted to be able to do the sales and all the things. So then I moved to a normal gym. I went to an anytime fitness, which meant that I was working as a personal trainer in that gym, but like getting clients and everything was my responsibility. This was fucking scary. <laughs> like showing up to work at this gym and they, they gave me a couple of hours a week on reception, but I had to get clients myself. And then for a second, I was like, holy fuck, how do I actually get people to work with me. And at the beginning, it felt very much like if I was making a sale, like I was asking for money and it felt really yuck. And there was so much shame around asking for money. Um, Cause I felt like I wasn't good enough as well. You know, like why would anybody give me their hard earned dollars? But I knew I fucking had no choice. Like I had to pay rent. <laughs> I was like, I have no choice, but to fucking get this shit off the ground. So um, I would spend all my time at the gym and I would go on the phone and they had a system where like you could see if a a member of the gym had not been in for 30 days. So I would call them. I'd say, hey, it's Carla from Anytime Fitness. Um, I see that you haven't been in for 30 days. I just wanted to check in and see if there's a reason. if, If Is there something I can help you with? And if they were kind and open to that, I would invite them in for a free session and just sort of give them a tour of the gym again, get them feeling comfortable. And then I'd be like, if you want to continue and work on this, this and this, and I'd point out things that I had noticed about them that needed work. Um, I was like, if you want to work on this, this and this, I have an offer where you can do three sessions with me for $99. So that was like my starting intro offer, three for 99 but it worked really well. Um, and that was also something that my mentor taught me, like how to get people in the door. So I'd offer them these three sessions. And then throughout those three sessions, I would make um, observations around what, yeah, what needed work, how they could achieve their goals long-term. And I would lay out the plan. Like I would suggest that you start with this, a foundational section and then we build strength and then we focus on some fat loss and that would be like a 12-week commitment and I would then sell these 12-week packages and again this was taught to me by my mentor like and this is this is why having a mentor is so fucking valuable because if my mentor hadn't taught me that 
I would have been offering people like, oh, it's $90 a week. And they, you can come and go whenever you want and book sessions whenever you want. And it's really messy and unstable. And when you are the, when somebody wants your help, they want your guidance as well. So because I was taught to sell these 12 week packages after the, the three, three week package, people would be like, yes, I've been looking for help. Now I'm going to receive consistent support from somebody that has a plan and I can trust them. And I know they have the knowledge because, you know, I had been pointing out this needs work. Your um, posture is a little bit off on here. This side of your body is really weak. Like there's trust authority and people love receiving that guidance and also just being taken seriously. And if we tie that back to like, when I was younger, I was fucking weak, weak, skinny teenager. And I was annoyed that people wouldn't take me seriously. Like they wouldn't understand how passionate I was. I didn't want to be given a half-assed program or support. Like I want that's the full fucking thing. I want to be treated like an athlete. Like I may not be a professional athlete, but I want to be treated like one, you know? Anyway, so then I started selling these 12 week programs and cause I was in the gym all the time on the phones, I ended up becoming booked out at this gym probably after about five to six months. And then um, I think I increased my prices as well. And then I was like, cool, I'm fully booked. I've increased my prices and I had a few people on a wait list and I was like, huh, this is it. Like, this is just what I do now at the gym. And for me, I was like, no, nah, fuck that. Like, what's the next level? Like, it's like I reached a ceiling and I was like, I'm not satisfied staying here. I wanted to keep growing. But how? I had no idea how. Um, and I'll say as well that at that gym, I definitely ruffled a few feathers by becoming booked out and charging what I was charging so quickly. Like, I think when I was charging towards the end, it was like $150 for a private session, or you could have two people in one session, like $120 or something like that. And this was almost unheard of for personal trainers, but I was offering them structured programs and personalized workouts and personalized feedback. And it was worth every cent, but to the other personal trainers that had been there for a while and who didn't have as much work, it, it definitely ruffled a few feathers. I would even say um, that the owner of the gym like there was tension there which was really weird and that was really sort of probably when I started to realize that the more successful you are the more eyes are on you so that's um a limiting belief and an experience that you constantly learn to move through even where I'm at now I'm so much more confident and I know people are watching me but I still move through this for each level of success that I go through. So just so you know that it's totally normal to feel that way. <laughs> like I've been through it, going through it still, of <laughs> uh, different levels though. Anywho, and so I was like, what's the next level? And then I saw um, an advertisement on Facebook for my very first business coach, Pete Tansley. That fucking legend has even been on this podcast. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go and do that. I think it's called sacred energy exchange. And we talk about everything. He's amazing. So I found Pete Tansley 
And he did sales calls. And so I got on the phone with him and he explained to me how to stop trading time for money. And this is something that I had literally never heard of before. I always thought you have to do the work and you get paid for the service. And he explained that if you want to be really wealthy, you need to learn how to charge for your value, the value that you offer, the results that you offer. Um, and that by working online, you can reach more people. You can hold group classes. You can have different offers so that some people pay a lot more. Some people get like a pre-recorded video and they, and they pay less. So you can reach more people. You can have more impact. And I was like, oh my God, yes, this is amazing. How do you do this? Like he obviously has what I need to know for the next level. And I believe this program was $8,000. And when he told me that, I was like, like, I'm shaking, like so scared to make this investment because that was probably the first time in my life that I actually had money in the bank where before that I'd always been, you know, the starving performer, like working lots of jobs, trying to get by. And because I'd been personal training for a year, I actually had money to invest and I was fully shaking. And I remember saying like, what if this is a scam? And he was like, it's not, but if it were to turn out that it was a scam, like you can just call your bank and get the money refunded. Like you are safe to make this investment. It's the best thing you'll ever do. And yeah, I was shaking and I paid. I'm like, all right, I'm fucking in. I'm going to do it. And then, yeah, having a business coach, again, I just literally can't at how much it changed my life and my perspective. And Pete introduced me to mindset coaching. So he, he started to show me like, what are your priorities? Are you taking action that actually supports your dream? What is your dream? What is your vision? Where do you want to go? And he showed me how to start thinking bigger. So instead of just saying, I want to be booked out with clients and make $50,000 a year. Like, how can we expand this? Excuse me, my phone. How can we expand this to like making $100,000 a year? What about a million dollars? What, what kind of houses do you really like? Where do you want to travel to? And I just had never really given those thoughts much of my energy because I never thought they were available to me. Like I, I always thought, you know, you save up for 10 years and then you buy a house and then you get married and that's it. Like my worldview before was so small. So working with Pete started to open up my worldview. I also then realized with working with Pete, like how much I actually was partying at that time. Um, like, again, I, so I was still sort of partying at this point and I still, it, it, I mean, it was recreational, but I didn't realize what impact it was having on me. That makes sense. Like I thought I would just go out on the weekend and have fun with my friends and that it was completely normal, which it was. Everybody's doing it. And I still cared about my health. I still ate healthy food. I still went to the gym. And I just thought that I had everything under control. And then I work with Pete and he showed me what I could be achieving and how to do things that really support your success, like starting to meditate, starting to journal, starting to pay attention to how I was actually feeling. And uh, paying attention to what was giving me energy and what was taking my energy. And that's when I really had to face the fact that the partying I was doing or certain things like 
were actually taking away my energy on a massive scale. And like, it was pretty undeniable. And so before Pete, I had worked with a psychologist before her name was Rosie and she also changed my life, but I feel working with Rosie, um, like, I feel like psychology really helped me with the superficial feelings of anxiety and recognizing that and what to do when it came up. Doing that was a necessary step, but it was only like the first step, if that makes sense. And that like, that was all I could do at that time, just recognize like the basics, the superficial stuff. And then I got introduced to the, yeah, the mindset and started to dive a lot deeper. So then through working with Pete, I started to set up my online business. After a couple of months of working with him, I then quit my job at the gym Um, I think I went to a seminar with him in the Gold Coast and I met all these people that were also running their own business. And I was like, oh my God, I'm staying in a hotel by myself at this resort. Um, I'm meeting people that are inspiring and they, they have their own like really big businesses, helping people with their health. They're making really good money. Like these, these people are having massive impact and I was so inspired, had never been surrounded by essentially entrepreneurs before business owners. So yeah, I quit my job at the gym after that seminar and I was like, I'm fucking going all in on online um, coaching. And it took, I gave myself about a month to finalize that transition. And I remember at that time as well that um, (laughs) I remember I tried for so long to keep my consistent income at the gym because, you know, that was my safety. I was fully booked with clients. I had shifted my clients into a very, like into a set timetable. So I was only at the gym, you know, in the past I was there 24 seven, but then I shifted it to just be at the gym. It was like Monday to Thursday, four to 8 PM and Saturday mornings. And that was it. And all my clients were in that time, which was amazing. But then setting up my online business was taking another, you know, 20, 25 hours a week learning how to write content, market, set up my email opt-in, all this stuff, set up a website. It was all very overwhelming. And yeah, it got to the point where I realized my online business actually cannot grow or take off unless I invest more time and energy. I can't keep playing it safe. I can't keep doing both. Even though working at the gym is my safety net, my consistent income, I was like, it is time to take the leap. So yeah, quit the gym, went all in on my online business and I was full of adrenaline, excited, absolutely fucking shitting myself. (laughs) And then we come to 2020. So I think I had, I quit my job at the gym, December, 2019, excuse me. And then yeah, my online business, that was my only source of income from 2020. It was really exciting, made a couple of sales. I was doing sales calls. Um, I was getting good at really asking people questions and listening to them and getting to the root cause of their problems. And then there was COVID. Then there was COVID. And at first I was like, "Eh, it'll pass. And then it didn't pass. And Melbourne, you know, went into several lockdowns. And that was one of the most scary times of my life because the thought of running out of money, like money had always been stressful to me 
And I had always just scraped money together from different jobs, like from the performing arts and being a singing teacher. And I always had all these different jobs. But now it was like, whoa, I could actually run out. People could not sign up. I could actually fail and not be able to pay rent. And that was so scary. But again, like, thank God, I still had a business coach at that time. I was working with Pete. Thank God, because he was literally the light in the darkness, the candle in the dark, because he was able to put a positive spin on it and to see the opportunity. So the the first things that he said that helped me So we went into lockdown and he was like, everybody will be on their phone. So this is your opportunity to really pump out the content because everybody is going to be on their phone. And this is your chance to reach the right people. Like you're never going to get um, such an opportunity where so many people are out of work and they're scrolling. So start writing content, get yourself out there. Um, And he said things like, if your business can make it through this, through this time of hardship, you can make it through anything. And I was like, yes, that would make a good story. I'm going to stay committed just for that reason. Like if I can make it through this, I can do anything. And another thing when I was running my business through COVID, because they closed the gyms in Melbourne, which made absolutely no sense to me. (laughs) We don't want people to get sick, but we're going to close the gym. I'm like, okay, I wouldn't have made that decision, but whatever. Um, but I was still working out and I, I personally still wanted to receive coaching. Like I still had a personal trainer in this time. And I, I think my personal trainer, um, continued to write programs for me at the beginning, but then the lockdowns were so long that he just put, put that on pause and received government payments instead. And I have no judgment if you choose to do that. But I remember being like, well, fuck this because my health doesn't go on pause. Like that's just not good enough to me. Um, Because everybody like it. And this is the type of person that I am. So I'm just going to take total ownership for this. Everybody was like, oh, lockdowns are so hard. We have to be understanding that people are not able to show up as they normally would. You know, some people are really struggling. And I have empathy for this. I also really struggled in lockdowns. However, that doesn't make any sense to say, oh, I'm struggling. So I'm going to throw my whole fucking life down the drain and just stop completely because it's hard. Because that very mindset is only going to make it worse. Like everybody just stopping, you know, we need to support each other. So that's who I am as a person. I empathize if you had a, if you did feel like, um, you know, giving up, like I understand that if you're experiencing depression and things that it's fucking hard and it's brutal, but this attitude that, oh, we're all having a hard time. So it's okay if people just don't try. I was like, but that's not going to help them. That's not going to help people get through this. And so I saw it as an opportunity well, not even opportunity. I just was like, people fucking need leaders right now. People need help. People need support. They don't need to be validated in doing nothing at all. So um, I pushed my fitness business really fucking hard. I hit my workouts every week. 
push myself. I work like crazy. I did you know, DM outreach, like messaging people on Instagram, doing sales calls, everything. And at the start, it was very, it was just brutal. But by the end of 2020, I had a community and we would have, I, I taught multiple classes each week in my fitness program, but we, especially on Saturday mornings, we just had a group Q and A and everybody from, I had maybe five to 15 people on each call and everybody would just say how they were doing, how they were going through COVID, what they were struggling with, um, how they were going with their health. And we all shared stories and kept each other accountable. And it was so beautiful. And it was amazing to watch these people using lockdown as an opportunity. <clears throat> so instead of just watching Netflix and eating junk food every day, which so many people were happy to do, my clients were focused on their health. They were using that time to cook and like make really good habits. And they were getting their 10,000 steps a day and finding, you know, if they, if they had, if they didn't have any work in that moment, they were giving thanks for the government support and spending time at the park and spending more time with their animals. And like, I want to take ownership that I created something really beautiful and a lot of lives were changed and it was such a beautiful opportunity for me and it helped me to get through it as well. So I think I really started to step into my power that year, 2020. At the same time, um, so I was learning to write content consistently for Facebook. So I originally started my business on Facebook and I had been taught like in honesty, I had been taught to write content that was a bit triggering and that this would get more clicks and more engagement. And I wrote some posts that were my genuine opinion, however, poorly worded, um, because in my defense, I was still learning. I was still learning how to write, um, how to convey my opinions. But yeah, I was taught to write in like a triggering way. I can totally take ownership of that. And it definitely rubs some people the wrong way, <laughs> obviously. Um, and I had quite a bit of conflict with my friends because they wanted to support me. But from their perspective, it was like I was in their face all the time on socials. And I also was very, like I just said, driven about using this opportunity to get your life together. And, you know, don't just use it as a cop out to just watch Netflix and eat Uber Eats all the time. Like you're still making that choice. And I also had opinions that I was sharing about like depression and anxiety because I was genuinely helping my clients through that experience. Um, when I was working in fitness, I found so many of my clients were medicated for things that they didn't need. Now, medicine's a really beautiful thing. I have nothing against medicine as a whole, but I had clients on antidepressants that, for example, fucking hated their job. And I was like, mm, are you sure that you need to be on antidepressants or do you just need to get a new job? Like if you hate your job, you are allowed to feel bad. There's nothing wrong with you there. Like that's something that you need to move through instead of just medicating like the symptom. Or I would have clients who had like um, reflux, they had acid reflux. And so their doctor had given them a medicine that like made their stomach acid um, thinner, something like that, so that the reflux would stop. But it was proven that like long-term use of this medication made the body reliant and eventually the reflux would get worse. And then the 
symptom that they were treating would be twice as bad. And I was always like, oh, shouldn't you maybe look at your diet if you're having reflux instead of just making the reflux like go away? Um, and me having these opinions was like controversial. Another big one that I'm really passionate about even now is like the hormonal contraceptive pill. Um, I was put on the pill, hormonal contraceptives, when I was like a teenager um, to obviously stop me from getting pregnant. And it worked. I have never been pregnant. So in that regard, I understand the benefit. But the further I got into the health industry and these experts that I was working with, like women's health experts, um, autoimmune experts, it was, I learned that the hormonal contraceptive was mucking up people's hormones, that the, the, your period wasn't a real period. It was like a chemical with withdrawal bleed. Um, the connection between the brain and the uterus would be disrupted. And some women would take the hormonal contraceptive like 10, 15, 20 years, and then get off of this medication and have no period because the connection had been so disrupted that they, they actually, yeah, the brain wasn't communicating to the uterus anymore. Um, other things like it makes your vaginal walls drier, which can make it painful to have sex. It can cause recurring thrush. It can um, make it more difficult to have a baby. It can make your clitoris shrink by like up to 20%. And I was like, why the fuck? Did nobody tell me this when I went on the pill when I was younger? And a lot of those symptoms I had experienced when I was a teenager, I had had paid, painful sex. I had had a dry vagina. Um, but when I was a teenager, I thought that was normal. I, I had nothing to compare it to. And that for me was like a great injustice and something that I wanted to talk about. Anyway, having a talking about those things received, yeah, a lot of backlash and from my friends. And I remember one friend saying to me, how can you talk about depression when you've never had it? She had had a very serious experience with depression that she was almost suicidal. And I said to her, like, I understand what you're saying in the particular post that she was talking about. I was like, I see how that could have offended you. And, you know, um, I'm working on writing in a better way. And like, I can take that on board, but I actually do really help people with their depression. Like, I think the post that, that we're talking about, I said, like, taking antidepressants isn't enough. Like, you need to look at your life and eat well. Otherwise, it's just a Band-Aid treatment. It was something like that. And it got, like, crazy backlash. Um, but, yeah, my friend was like, how can you comment on depression when you ne you've never had it? Like, you're not qualified to comment on that. And I was like, well, a doctor doesn't need to have had cancer to treat cancer patients. And I actually do help people with depression a lot. And I help people get off antidepressants, off of the pill. I help them to lose weight. I help them to gain muscle. Like I'm actually really fucking good at this. And I am allowed to comment on it and to offer my insight, my advice. And we, this particular friend, we like kind of couldn't come to an agreement because she was like, You're, you should never, ever speak about that ever again. And that seemed really wrong to me as well. For someone that was actually in the health industry, I was not pretending to be a doctor. I was not offering people individual medicinal advice. I was promoting healthy eating, a healthy lifestyle, and taking ownership 
of where you're at and how you feel and how you can make changes to that. And I was like, I really started to have this dislike of people not making their own decisions. Because that's why a lot of my clients were in the position that they were in because a doctor told them, or even if I just talk about me personally, a doctor told me, take the pill and you won't get pregnant. And I said, great. And then I learned later that I wasn't told the full story and about all these symptoms, which I had experienced myself. And that real feeling of frustration that I put my health in the hands of a professional and had an experience that didn't align with me. And my clients were going through the same thing. So I was like, we should all be allowed to have this conversation and to express like what we want, what we're looking for. Why is that so offensive? Like why are only doctors allowed to talk about health? Why are only nutritionists allowed to talk about healthy eating? Like we can all fucking talk about healthy eating. It doesn't mean I'm a dietitian. I'm not pretending to be a dietitian. I'm not giving people structured meal plans. Like I'm talking about eat your fruit and veggies. So anyway, there was my online business doing really well. I was helping a lot of people and there was, it was causing a lot of friction in my friendships and 2020, like going through lockdowns, um, it was fucking hard. I was grateful for the way that it made me focus on my business. Um, it was also really hard because, oh, sorry, I, I'm grateful that I was able to stop partying full stop. Like because we were on lockdown for such a long time, I had been trying to pull back from the party scene for, for a long time. Um, it was always hard to say no though, because it wasn't actually a problem. You know, I just love to dance and yes, it sort of had no reason to say no. So then when COVID happened and we were in lockdown, I was like, yes, I'm going to stop drinking, stop doing drugs. I want absolutely no involvement. And just to really create that new baseline for myself, which is exactly what I did. But then as a result, I really realized what an anxious person I actually was. And I didn't, I didn't know that before because I always just thought, just thought that I was happy and confident. But then, yeah, 2020, not being able to party, not being able to escape um, and do fun things with my friends. Yeah, all my shit came to the front. And because I had been introduced to mindset coaching, I was like, I need to dive into this. So I went to psychology, saw my psychologist a lot more. And that really, really helped me a lot and in my business as well. And then after shifting through that, I was like, okay, I work online, even though my business is still sort of just starting out um I need to travel like I need to start getting out of my comfort zone and for me this was actually a really massive step I had never even thought of traveling alone before I always thought that I would have a friend with me and now I was like no I actually think I can do this myself so 2020 around July I went on my very first road trip by myself I went up um past Sydney to Port Macquarie and I was working the same time the whole way through. I was still working crazy hours, but somehow I made it work and I witnessed a, the, a new life that was available to me and how liberating it was to work online. Um, yeah, and how cool it was that, you know, I would go to places I'd never been before and I would just meet people 
on the street. Like I met these two guys and they invited me to, to dinner and they were so lovely. And I went for a hike with one of them the next day and we were talking about spirituality and growing and he was from the goal. And it was just like, it was just a beautiful experience. We went to a waterfall. It was just beautiful. So then we get to 2021. Uh, my fitness business is doing really well, although I'm working ridiculous hours to keep it going. And I decided to move in with my friends, move into this house. Um, and I've referenced this time in my life like quite a bit. We thought it would be really fun if we all went into lockdown again. But I also already knew that everybody would be shocked at how much I was working because, you know, people see your Instagram, which is the highlight reel but they don't actually know how much work I put into it. But I was like, no, nah, it's fine. It'll be fun. And like, it was fun. It had so many, there was so many great memories there, but I felt like essentially my boundaries were repeatedly violated. Although I can take total ownership that I was not probably expressing my boundaries properly because I didn't realize, um, I didn't really know how to speak up then, I guess like, we, you know, it's a learning process for all of us. So people would come and talk to me at my desk when I was wanting to be working. I often felt like I was interrupted or I'd be working and people would play loud music and I had to constantly ask people like, oh, can you turn it down? Can you turn it down? Like, I don't want to be that person, but I'm trying to work. You know, I work from home. Um, I had a friend who would just walk into my room without knocking, which... <laughs> I didn't realize it was such a serious boundary for me, but when that happened a few times, it made me feel extremely uncomfortable, like in my own house. And I let people know, and people did, the people in the house, you know, they did respect um, when I did speak up. So I started to learn a lot more about myself and the girls that I was living with, they observed, you work so much. This is crazy. You work too much. And that was really not constructive, just putting it in that way. But I also knew it was true. I totally understood what they were saying. And the coach that I was working with them, then Jessica Vieira, she is amazing, but she, um, she also was encouraging me to work harder to get all these systems in place, which helped me so much. So I'm still so grateful but I was working so hard. I hired staff. I had this guy, Reed, who was amazing. He did, excuse me. Oh my God. Let me pause this. <laughs> Sorry, I had to blow my nose. So I had this guy, Reed, and he would write the workout program. So I outsourced that to him. I hired um, this woman, Rebecca, and she taught nutrition and she, she was an actual nutritionist. So she gave everybody their own personalized meal plans. And then I focused on the mindset coaching. So I had like private clients that I would help with their fitness. And I would also run the actual business. And it was like, my business has kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and like making more money, more revenue. But the freedom that I was trying to create, I just never had access to it. And I remember saying to my business coach, I was like, I am banging my head against the wall. When does it get any better? Like I hired these staff to make my life easier, but to pay them, I had to take on more clients. I put in this automation, this system that's really complex and it took me ages to set up to save me time. But running this system is taking up that extra time. And I was like, I fucking don't get it. 
I don't have any money. I still live like week to week, even though I'm making like, it was like 10K months pretty consistently. And I was like, yeah, I do not get it. And then I had my first healing session with someone, um, Empower Her Healing, it's called. And then I hired my first spiritual coach, Brittany. And I worked with Brittany and we went into my unconscious mind and I realized that I needed to be surrounded by people that understood what I was growing. So instead of just saying, you know, my friends at that time would just say, you work too much. This is ridiculous. I needed to call in friends that could see what I was, why I was working so hard and where it was going. So instead of making me feel bad about what I was doing, people that could see the vision and support me in calling that in. And my friends at that time, they, they were trying their best to be supportive. I understand that. But often what they said was actually like not constructive, right? Like they didn't get it. They didn't run their own businesses. And working with Brittany, um, literally, this is so funny, but she was like, why are you doing so much that you don't want to do? And I was like, oh my God, you mean I don't have to do shit that I don't want to do? Like, this is the most life-changing information I have ever heard in my life. I thought I had to do everything all the time and that I couldn't ever stop anything. It's so crazy. It's so funny. It's such a simple piece of advice. So I decided to stop doing sales calls. I didn't want to do paid advertising anymore. I, I saw how Brittany worked as like a spiritual person and she just let clients come to her. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. It's amazing that you can do that. And I felt very much so as well. Like, I think I got most of my clients from paid advertising and I didn't like that. Like, I was like, something feels a bit wrong to me, a little bit off to me if I'm having to pay for people to come into my world, I would like to establish a business where I'm actually receiving people from word of mouth or they just hear about me and want to work with me. And paid advertising is fabulous, but I just wanted to figure out how to, how to get people through organic marketing. And I was like, I can always come back to paid advertising later. I think I need to put all my eggs in one basket, which is very much my style and figure like crack the code of organic marketing and just get people in just by being me. I had also been feeling called to shift from the fitness business to mindset coaching for a little while, but I think I kept putting it off because I didn't feel qualified. And it would also be such a massive change to do that, which is scary, right? Especially when my business was functioning really well. But then I worked with Brittany and I was like, nah, it's time. I cannot do the things that I don't want to do anymore. <sighs> so again, like when I quit my job at the gym, I just was like, I'm fucking making the leap. I witnessed again that I couldn't keep my safety net and do the thing that I wanted to do at the same time. Like it, it to try and keep them both going would be harder and slower. So I was like, I'm not doing fitness coaching anymore. I had some clients that were already working with me that would provide a little bit of consistent income while they finish their contracts. So like I would just continue to, de to deliver with the people that I had. And then I would, yeah, change to mindset coaching at the same time as me making all those changes, 
it was a very, very weird experience because I was living with my friends in this house. Um, as I said, I, I wasn't feeling very comfortable in the house because people, I felt that my boundaries were being violated. As I said, I also can take ownership that I wouldn't have been speaking up fully about that. Um, some of the girls were bringing guys home all the time. And at first I was like, live your best life queen. Like you can have sex with whoever you want. Fuck. Yeah. But after months and months of this, the energy of having strangers in the house all the time and me having to make chit chat with these people that were just random people is very draining to me. No judgment at all, but just in my own house, it was very draining to me. And I had a friend who was also an online coach and she lived in Sydney. Um, she's amazing. Her name is Emily, Ch Emily Chidiak. And we were talking about traveling and everything. And we were like, oh my God, wouldn't it be fun to live in Byron Bay or like to go on a trip to Byron Bay together? And when we had that idea, we were like, we could actually do that if we wanted to. Like we work online, we make money as coaches. And we talked about how fun it would be to live in Byron Bay, like two, two online coaches, we could take photos of each other and we would understand what we were growing. We both understood like abundant mindset. We'd be able to support each other. And it was a really fun idea. And then, because it was just an idea at first. But once I'd had that idea, then I realized, oh, I'm actually really struggling in my current living situation. And that thought had not occurred to me before because I loved my friends. My friends are beautiful people. I would never have actually thought that I wasn't coping very well in, in that environment. You know, I didn't realize that I was feeling anxious, that my boundaries were being violated. I, I didn't realize because they were my friends. And so it was a very weird time in my life where I was feeling I was getting this spiritual knowledge. I was learning so much more about myself, what I was capable of, what sort of life was available to me. I um, was making really good money and, and again, realizing what was available to me. I was working very hard, but then now having the confidence to step into mindset coaching. And I knew I was doing the work to get to that freedom that I desired. You know, even though I was working crazy hours, I knew I was going to figure it out, how to change that. I was very focused on that. But then at the same time, the duality of the experience was I was not getting along with my friends like I used to. I felt like they weren't understanding me, like I would tell them good things that were going on. And it's like they, they didn't really understand or they would try and offer me some advice that was actually a really scarce a scarcity way of thinking or a lack way of thinking and I didn't agree and there was all this tension there um and then I had this idea to move to Byron Bay and I realized I actually need to leave this house because I'm actually struggling this this suffering side of the experience I had to recognize that so I told my housemates straight away that I you know actually needed to move out and it was not taken well there was some support like especially from my sister my sister really understood that I just wasn't myself in the house um but the other girls were really frustrated because it obviously impacted them it was going to impact them financially we ended up breaking the lease it ended up being really messy and that was 
incredibly hard because these were people that I cared about, but I had to put myself first and, and get myself out of that situation. And what was really hurtful as well in that moment was like, you know, I was speaking my truth and doing something that was best for me. And it was really being rejected. That was really hard. Um, and, you know, then I let go of my fitness business at the same time, moved to mindset coaching. My income sort of disappeared, moved back in with my parents. Um, and then a lot of my friends at that time just removed themselves from my life. People didn't ask me for my perspective. They didn't ask how I was going. People just unfollowed me on Instagram. I tried to reach out to people that weren't involved in the actual house, other friends. I invited them for walks. I was desperate to talk to someone. And some of my friends just avoided me. I had friends from primary school that just avoided me. Didn't offer me any explanation. It was one of the most painful things I have ever experienced. And I've always been incredibly respectful of how I talk about it. Even now, I'm being so respectful because um, I also understand that even though I know now that my changes, me changing happened over a few years, I understand that for my friends, it felt very sudden. And I understand the impact that it had on them. But there's always that disappointment where you think that you're like lifelong friends and you'd always be there for each other and then people just leave they don't support you um my best friend at the time to her credit tried to talk to me and we we tried to have conversations um but that was an interesting experience as well because I was saying you know, I want to travel. I want to be in a new environment. I'm not doing well in the house. I'm really struggling in that environment. No one's done anything wrong. It's just not working for me. And I just, I need to travel and make changes. But she thought that I was in denial. Um, and so it was weird where I was speaking my truth. And to her, it just sounded like lies. Like uh, she didn't believe me. And that was so hard. I was like, no, I, you know, I had been seeing my psychologist and a coach and they had helped me to come to this conclusion, but she thought I was in denial and that I was, I was not being myself. And because of that miscommunication, it, it, it just all felt like it happened at once, but as painful as it was, and like literally the pain at that time was like indescribable. It was also the greatest opportunity for growth that I have ever had. And I am glad that it happened in that way, even though it was literally fucked. I am glad that it happened in that way because otherwise, if I hadn't lost everyone all at once, I would absolutely still be involved in that friendship group or putting energy into things that just aren't aligned for me anymore. Um, so you know, there were so many friends that I lost in that time. Um, but if, if I had only lost a few of them, I would still be involved. I would still be loyal. I would still deny 
that I wasn't actually having the best time in this friendship group. So the benefit to it sort of all happening at once, as painful as it was, was that I had to focus on a new slate. Who am I now? Where do I want to take my business? What sort of people do I want to be friends with? And it's so incredible how the universe comes in to support us um, because I did make new friends. I had people in my community that I was, that I had very small connections to that I suddenly really related with. And then they became my friends and I started focusing on more of the things that were really in alignment with me and that were really giving me energy. And by calling in more aligned friends, I didn't have to say no so often. Like with my old friendship group, I was often saying no to invitations that just weren't aligned with me anymore. Like going out, partying, drinking, like, and that's not to say that that was their whole personality, not at all. But I was often saying no and setting boundaries. And then the new friendships that I was calling it, I was more often saying, yes, like, yes, let's go bouldering together. Yes, let's go to yoga together. Yes, let's go to a cafe and journal together. Like that's what I liked to do. And I also um, then focused hardcore on rebuilding my business and my own healing. So that catalyst with losing my friendships all at once, like it was so painful, but then that was the very thing that I needed to dive into with my healing work. And I knew that I needed to start um, really understanding my own healing if I was going to be a mindset coach. So at that point, I always thought that my life was pretty amazing. That yeah, that I had a really good life and I was a happy, confident person. And then I got my first mindset coach, John Templeton. And he's like, okay, what's going on for you now? I'm like, all my friendships just fell apart. I'm so sad. And I know that something's going on. I need to get to the bottom of this if I want to help other people. And we did timeline therapy. And that's when I realized like what my childhood wounds were for me, like my childhood wounds were around not feeling heard. So I guess that clicks back into what I was saying at the beginning where people wouldn't fully understand my vision. Um, but like my parents are amazing, but even my dad is a real larrikin. So like typical Australian bloke, he loves to make jokes, play pranks, play tricks. Um, but as a child that had just left me with a handful of experiences that made me feel like I wasn't being heard. And it was really amazing to acknowledge that because it explained so much of my own behavior like I had these beliefs that I had to work hard to be successful and that I had to be successful to be worthy of love nobody actually told me that my parents they didn't ever say that but that uh, those unconscious beliefs that I had developed as a kid had driven me to be the way that I was and that was why in the past, like that year, I had been working so hard. I didn't know how to stop working hard. Like I, it's like I was addicted to it and I would try and, you know, hire people, put in these systems. I would try and change my timetable, but I just always ended up working and finding stuff to do. And that's because my unconscious beliefs were driving my behavior. That is also why when, this, when I, there was this friendship breakdown, when, um, say, my friend at the time thought that I was in denial, that was tr really triggering my childhood wounds of not being heard because I was speaking my truth and it just was not landing with that group of friends. 
Um, and by doing that for myself as well, I could also see how I had triggered them and I could then like take ownership for that myself and understand how everybody played a role and the ability to then let that go as well. Like, you know, cause I had always been such a people pleaser and that ability to then let those friendships go and just come to terms with the fact that they weren't aligned and that's okay. That was like massive for me. And my, my parents really didn't understand that. They're like, I can't believe you're walking away from these friendships. And I was like, but considering what's happened, like it, we don't have to be friends just because we were in the past. It's okay if it's not working anymore. And I can call in new friendships. So I dived deep into my own healing with mindset coaching with John. I learned NLP and I borrowed money to do this. I borrowed money from family to do this. And again, I was in that duality experience of knowing that the changes I was making were beautiful and would make me happy and also feeling fucking insane. Like I was like, I've completely lost my marbles. I've moved back in with my parents. I've walked away from a successful big money business. Um, I have borrowed money. Like I had often had zero dollars in my account. And I was like, am I making successful changes or am I fucking delusional and going through a breakdown? Like I've let go of all my friends. It was crazy time, but I just knew that I couldn't go back. I couldn't go back to the old friendship group. It wasn't working. I wasn't happy there. Couldn't go back to the old business. I could not work like that anymore. I was burnt out could not go back to pushing fitness when I really wasn't passionate about just fitness anymore. I wanted mindset. I just knew that that was my path. Um, but it felt good as painful as it was. It felt good. I felt like I was really alive. And I think I started reading like Dr. Joe Dispenza in that time as well and learning how it's very easy to get trapped in our old patterns and to live unconsciously. And I also read this book, Conversations with God, would highly recommend it. It's not actually a religious book. It's just about conversations with like the universe, with spirit, with God, however you want to word it. And realizing that our experience on earth or in this reality is just about creation. What do we desire to create and to experience? And when you're just doing things automatically, you're essentially living like unconscious and you're just repeating the same day over and over. Like, it, and cause I learned about how time isn't actually real. And so if just as an example, you have a full-time job, let's say you have mediocre friends and a mediocre relationship. And every day you wake up, you shower, you go to work, you get paid, you take the train home from work, you make dinner, you go to the gym, you go to sleep and you just do that on repeat. Time isn't actually passing. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere else to be. You're just living the same experience day in and day out. So then when I had this knowledge, like, you know, this spiritual understanding of things, I this was really about me making conscious decisions around what I was creating and what experience I desired to live with. You know, I want to be a mindset coach. I want to call that into reality. I am not going to play it safe and stay unconscious doing the same things over and over again. You know, I've already done that for like two years. I, you know, and I want to create an experience where I work less, you know, fitness business, 60 hour weeks. Ooh. 
I don't know if you heard that, but the, a video just started playing on my computer and like scared the shit out of me. Um, yeah, so I started to consciously create my experience and like, no, I'm not going to do things just because I've done them in the past. I'm not going to keep the same friendships, even though they're not working for me anymore, just because we were friends in the past. Like there's no such thing to me anymore as like being lifelong friends or being friends for 10 years. Like it's just the same day, like over and over again, unless you're still growing and expanding. So it became all about like, what do I desire to create? Um, you know, I then launched the podcast because I love to talk and I finally felt that I had stuff to talk about as well um, with the mindset coaching and what I had learned with like NLP. I actually felt like I had a story to share. Um, I started to up my content game, which is something I'd wanted to do for a long time with my fitness business. My content often felt really forced and um yeah very forced and like it felt just not that good the quality because I was I didn't have that much time for content excuse me and I wanted to have more time in my life to put on better quality content like make my own graphics make reels and videos and and have the time to express myself in that way and so I started to build that business um yeah. And my confidence grew with mindset. I just put together some very small, very basic offers at the beginning because I had worked as a coach for a long time, but not a mindset coach. And I didn't want to take on anything that was beyond my level of experience. So I just did some one-on-one -on -one healing sessions with people first. We talked about how they were feeling, where the energy was in their body, like stuff that I had already helped clients with, with fitness, but what I had learned a bit more about with like my spiritual coaches and I had really profound um, experiences where information just came through me and I just knew what to do. And even at one point I had a client that had, when we went into her past, some deep trauma came up that she hadn't mentioned, um, which of course is, is okay but it was quite intense it was like physical abuse from a parent and I immediately knew she's not ready to go there I'm not ready to hold that space and I took her to a meditation in a in a place like a it was a you know green grass and forest this is in her mind's eye where she was able to connect with her inner child in a really safe environment and it was so profoundly healing for her and it was what she needed in that moment. And she was completely safe the whole way through. And I had a total grounding and belief in myself. And then I just referred her on. I said, when you're ready to dive into the other stuff that came up, like with your, with the abuse that happened, I would recommend that you see a psychologist. Like, and that was until I, I got qualified myself in NLP. So my confidence in helping people and what I was doing really started to grow. I then decided to go on another road trip. Um, I ran a group program around living, around understanding abundance in terms of living in alignment with your values. That was really big for me because I was rebuilding my business. I didn't want to teach specifically on money mindset, but I had, you know, worked hard, made all the money in my old business. And now I was learning how to really embody freedom and not waiting for money to buy you freedom, like embodying freedom in the present moment 
living by your values, being wealthy and happy in that way and like tapping into the feminine energy and not so much masculine. And I consider this sort of beginner spiritual stuff. So even though I was fairly new to the healing space, I was like, I feel really comfortable teaching people, you know, how to meditate, how to journal, how to understand how you're feeling. Like I had been coaching and being coached for years. So it felt totally natural. Um, Then I've spoken a little bit about my road trip at the start of 2022, but oh my God, it was beautiful and so hard sometimes. Again, I had um, these experiences on this road trip in 2022, the start of this year where I ran out of money. I was panicking. I was by myself. I had pushed myself to be camping, camping by myself, like in national parks without um, Wi-Fi, without showers, like, and running my business at the same time. And it, as challenging as it was, it gave me a whole new level of gratitude for what I did have. And I also really started to learn how like, there are no excuses. You know, as hard as things get, you can always find a way. The universe will always come in to support you. Yeah, it was... (laughs) It's a crazy time. We'll have to do a whole nother podcast on that road trip. Um, but yeah, and, and also I really reassessed my relationship with money where before I was sort of traumatized by money with my fitness business by making so much, but spending it all. And then going on this road trip and often having no money, I really, really appreciated how far money could go. I started to be, to believe in myself regardless of how much money I had in the bank. Whereas before, you know, money is a wonderful amplifier and it can definitely showcase how much impact you are having, but you don't want to rely on it as your only means of self-belief. And that's what I had done before. Like my self-worth was dependent on how much money I was making. And then on this particular road trip, I really learn to just have my self-worth be a constant and money be a compliment, right? So that was so healing. All of this year then was focused on like healing my relationship with money, learning to love money again, and still focusing on the organic marketing. And I got my business really up and running again with the healing work, teaching people about mindset coaching and having just incredible experiences. And yeah, calling in new friendships with more confidence, this podcast getting to 510 listens, like as of today at the time of recording, I now have so many connections to incredible people that I'm going to be continually getting on this podcast. And I, I can tell, like I said at the start, I know that my success is inevitable. I'm already successful. I still have challenges all the time. I just recently helped my clients through some very big challenges of their own, but I can hold it now because it doesn't matter. Like I know my vision is coming into fruition and I have so many dreams now around like buying a one-way ticket, traveling the world, getting my own apartment, like a really nice one, having a lot of money like uh, saved, having massive overflow. And although I'm not in a position to force those things into existence in this moment, like I don't actually want to buy a one-way ticket right now, but I think that in 12 months, I'll be doing that. Um, And I know it's available to me. I don't actually feel like 
moving out right now. Like this living situation is working really well for me. My business is building that abundance. Like I see it and it's abundant to not be rushing. Yeah. Like, and I know I can do all of those things and they will happen when the time is right. And for now, like I've been doing all sorts of other cool stuff. Like I recently was doing indoor skydiving and learning how to like move backwards and forwards and side to side in the air, which I'm fucking pretty good at for someone that's just started. And I would love to eventually do a flip and I've been surfing and um, just, and I've, you know, been DJing. I've had my own DJing events where I've done ecstatic dance and they've only been small, but it doesn't matter. And I see also the opportunity there. Like my ecstatic dance could end up being a huge thing one day but I'm, I don't downplay it now because it's not there yet. Cause I know it will get there if it's meant to be. So does that wrap up everything about sort of my journey? So it's funny. Cause now that I do like, Oh, I should say really where I'm now. So now I'm really focused on like business coaching, but from that spiritual sort of healing mindset perspective, I fucking love business because you get to play big. Like when I just started with the mindset and the healing work, um, I would work with people that just wanted to work through like one or two problems that they were having. But if you run your own business, there are constantly challenges and new levels to get to and new ways to expand. And that's what I fucking love. I love expansion. And I think that I believe that we should all be fulfilling our highest potential in every area that is important to us. Like we can all make a bunch of money, do what we love, work less, spend more time having fun, travel more, um, be, and be beautiful as well. Like celebrate our beauty, celebrate our individual skills. You know, there is just no room for mediocrity. There is no room for being modest. And that doesn't mean that you're an arrogant, narcissistic prick. Like I want people to just shine bright everybody shine bright <laughs> celebrate what they're good at um and just just realize how much power we each have that we are sovereign beings and that we decide our value you know I just posted about this on my Instagram story like well obviously at the time of recording this like nobody just approached like Beyonce when she was a kid and said here you go you're going to be a worldwide superstar now. Like she made herself. She decided what her dream was, her vision and brought it into reality. Once you make that decision, like it all comes from you. A really great example is like my old dance teacher, Jason Coleman. He used to tell us all the time, nobody else made me Jason Coleman. I made me Jason Coleman. Like I got the roles. I went to the auditions and he eventually established himself as a choreographer. And then he was a judge on So You Think You Can Dance. And he would just say all the time, nobody's going to just give it to you. You create that for yourself. And it's exactly the same. Like nobody told me, oh, here you go. You can start a podcast and have an Instagram. Like I never even thought of that when I was younger. It's just happened naturally. And now like the podcast was my idea. And like, who was I talking to recently? My friend, Amanda, she, she's on my most recent podcast. She put on her Instagram story, like I'm doing a podcast with the 
Carla Herschel. Like, oh, am I the Carla Herschel? But like I am because I decided that I am. And that's what I desire. And everybody has access to this. I could keep going about how much my, my thoughts about the world around reality creation, how much power we all have. But I think that that is enough for now with my personal journey. I hope that this resonates with you and this helps you. And, you know, whatever hardship you're going through, like trust your intuition get support. I still have a coach right now. I'm working with Brittany and I have um, a movement coach, Chloe. Like I have a personal trainer still, although it's a bit different to personal training because when you invest into yourself, like your whole life elevates. And like, for example, the hardship that I went through with my friends was one of the greatest lessons that would help me with my business. So sometimes people get focused on like, oh, how do I grow my business? How do I get more money through my business? But the actual issue or the thing that is lacking is from their personal life. If it's a childhood wound that's showing up, if it's a boundary that's being crossed by family, if that, you know, you need to learn how to speak up and focusing on yourself as a whole, you know, your health, your personal enjoyment and having fun in your life, that will actually elevate your business as well. So, yeah. I think that'll do. I don't even know how long I've been talking for, literally. Um, okay, so if this aligns with you, you're inspired by this and you want to work with me, come to my Money Magnetism mini series, three classes over three weeks. I'm teaching you how to understand how money is energy, what your limiting beliefs are around money that are keeping your money reality really small learn how to actually create, how to create money, how to follow your passions and be paid for that, how to live abundantly. It's going to be so much fun. And like literally three classes, like it's so easy and it's going to completely transform the way that you see and experience money forever. Like it's, it's going to blow your mind. And the best part about it is that it's in a group and it's always so fun to learn from what other people are going through and surround yourself with like-minded, inspiring people. We start October 17th on Monday. It's $333 or you can make three payments of $111. Also, if you want to fucking move rapidly, I do have one space open for private coaching. Now, as I have explained, I fucking love getting results. I love getting results. I love expansion. And I go straight to the root like whether that's through healing work, through ownership, whether it's taking action, if it's just relaxing, we get straight to the root cause. So working with me, you'll have fucking rapid results. You know, if you've been looking for a coach that you really resonate with, and if you're still listening to this, like, and you want to grow and be abundant in every fucking area, you know, there are no excuses. Come and work with me. Um, it's fun. I am also friends with my clients. I love having people in my life that also inspire me. Um, and we can get your business in a place where you're earning consistent income from multiple sources and it's effortless. Like at the moment, I think I work about 10 hours a week. Sometimes it's less. <laughs> Sometimes I just go surfing like a few times a week. Abundant in every area because you get to create your own reality and I love teaching that to people so 
working with me privately at the moment, three months is 12K or you can do six monthly payments of 2K. So extended payment plans are available. If this is for you, send me a message on Instagram. If you want to join the Money Magnetism mini series, the link will be below in the caption. And always feel free to message me on Instagram as well. If this um, podcast resonates with you, if you have any questions or if you want to learn anything else, reach out. I would love to talk to you and I will catch you on my next podcast episode. We'll talk again. We will talk again soon. I love you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye.